everybody. Welcome back to the H&H Hour, or maybe this is your first time listening. We want to say welcome. My name is Heather Taves, and I am sitting next to my sister and my co-host, Heidi Bolt. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Heather. How's your day? It has been fantastic. Good. It's really been fun. Good. Recording um, days are fun. They are. It's... I recently heard Bob Goff live, mm-hmm. and he shared this funny analogy. He said, you know, he was in this arena full of people, and he got on stage. And if you don't know Bob Goff, he's super full of energy, yeah. and he's very energized by being with people. Yes. And he has this very long wingspan with his arms, and he puts his arms out really dramatically. And he said, I am like, people! <laughs> and I can relate to that so much yes. because I love being with people. I love yes. hearing their stories. So yes, it is so much fun. Podcast days are awesome. Yes, because we get to hear so many different people's stories. It's outstanding. And chat with them. And I, because you and I are both stay-at-home moms, yep. sometimes when you're a stay-at-home mom, even though we do lots of other things too, but it can, <laughs> it can get to be a little bit like I need – Big people, not just little people. Yeah, big conversations are good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Heidi, I am super excited about today's guest. Okay, tell us. Because uh, this is somebody that I met just a couple months ago, and we were actually both at um, Camp Well Summit in Colorado together, and I knew from the second that I saw her that I was going to like this chick. Okay. So we got on the bus together, Mm -hmm. and she was just cute and fun, and she shared a little bit about who she was, and I was like, yep. I like her. Okay. She's awesome. And she complimented me on my sweater. So Well, then, so you were best friends right off the right, bat. Right off the bat. Yeah. So, Maria Granados, welcome to the H&H Hour. I am so excited to be here. I, I still love your sweater, by the way. <laughs> what was the <laughs> sweater? I that, sincerely. No mean, no mean girl style on that. That was a sincere comment. So that's so funny. I love that you remember that. I'm so happy to be with you guys today. So we um, had a common experience a couple months ago at Camp Well, which it wasn't your first time, right? You had been there before. Yeah, it was my second time at Camp Well. I was there the year prior, so I've had the chance to go the last two falls. Okay, okay, awesome. So the reason that I really wanted to have you come on here was was truly because I felt like um, when you would talk, you just brought life to the room, and you just... I feel like everybody started to smile and just be encouraged when you would share. And I love that so much. And really, this podcast, it's all about that. It's about encouraging people and helping them see that the ordinary things in their lives are extraordinary. And you did that. You did that so well. So um, tell us a little bit for all of our listeners about yourself and your family. Well, you're so sweet for saying that because I feel like the only the only truth I really know about myself outside of the tangible facts is that I'm an encourager of people. And that's just all God's ever really um, been very specific with me on. So I, I think it's sweet that you mentioned that. Um, cause that is one of my, my big truths about who I am. But besides that, um, for me, um, you want a little background on who I am. I'm just an ordinary Missouri girl, um, <laughs> who's had the chance to live in different States. I've lived in Texas and Tennessee and Georgia. Um, and I get to run an amazing company with my husband, um, that we have had the gift of, of growing together over the last couple of years. Uh, I'm one of three girls. I'm the youngest from Missouri, hmm. from a big Italian extended family of over 45 first cousins. And I always include that because I just feel like it tells exactly why I love people. I've been surrounded <laughs> by people since I've been born. I've never had a dull moment um, when it comes to life and family and all of that. So um, that's just a little bit of who I am. I'm a mother of one and one on the way. So I have a little daughter, Natalie, 
who is 20 months, and then my son, Zach, is going to be born hopefully this month. <laughs> hopefully not January. He's due December 31st, and I would love for him to come any day. <laughs> okay, well, Heather and I were both born in January, so if he is born in January, he's in good company. <laughs> okay, that's good. I'm a December birthday, so we're all kind of crowded Okay, there. I like that. Well, I we're, like the, we're the rec- winter birthday people. Yeah, well, we're recording in December, so if you go into labor, just let us pause. And we'll come back to this episode in a little bit. Of course. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, hey, one thing that we, um, we asked two questions of every single guest and um, it's been so cool to hear the different answers. So the first question is, what about yourself or your life feels ordinary? Gosh, you know, I was thinking on this question and it's just, for me, it feels like my day to day just feels very ordinary. I am your basic Midwest girl who's been transplanted to the South, who just I graduated from state college. I took like a very normal path, what felt like a normal path. I like to shop at Target regularly and look for discounts <laughs> all the time. I change diapers and drink Dunkin' Donuts coffee every day. My day-to-day life just feels extraordinarily ordinary, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like, I just to me, my life just always feels very ordinary. I feel like relatable in a lot of ways. Um, so that's kind of, that's my ordinary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I love that answer because so many people relate to it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's probably the the number one answer we get for that question. Yep. Um, okay. So what about yourself is extraordinary? Well, you know, it's, it's twofold and I don't, I don't usually, I wouldn't usually go twofold on a question like this, but I think for me, there's two things that really stand out that it's excelling in pain or overcoming. Mm-hmm. I have this very weird um, ability to do better when things are more difficult mm-hmm. um, and, and just painful. And when people are going through extreme pain or I'm going through extreme pain or things to overcome, and I'm sure I'll share some of this later as it comes up, but that and then also just trusting God instantly when he says the step so much so that it's really hard for me to wait to mm-hmm. go. Like, if I feel like I hear it from him, I'm ready mm-hmm. tomorrow. I'm ready, like, the day before, you know, I heard it, to do it. Um, and, and those are two things that I just really feel like he's kind of extraordinarily gifted me with. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, that James 1-2 notion of just, like, consider it pure joy when you face trials. That pain, that overcoming, and then just being able to trust him to go. And then my family laughs at me because I'm definitely the, I'm definitely the one who people think is a little crazy sometimes because she just gets an idea or they think it's an idea. For me, it's something from God that I just have been very clear on, and I just do it. I just go, whether it's move to a different state by myself or just leave a really amazing job for something completely different or leave a relationship for someone completely different. Just I just feel very, very clear when mm. I know it's time, mm. um, and I have no hesitation to just go for it when mm. it comes to that stuff. So where do you think that comes from? Because that, that's obviously a gift, Right, which is, yeah, which is weird because I'm an Enneagram one, so I'm a perfectionist, Uh so it's funny because that kind of feels a little contradictory to me, Um, especially when in the mess and the pain, um, and and then making these instant decisions when I feel like it might make people think that I'm a little crazy or not perfect when I leave something good, Hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think of the story... I was in Teach for America. I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's like AmeriCorps, Peace Corps. Mm -hmm. Um, You work as a public school teacher in uh, a difficult area. And I left it before I finished 
for another opportunity that was helping kids in a way that God directly asked me to. But finishing that program would have put me on this perfectionist path of like completing something that looks really good on paper that could have gotten me into any grad school and all these different things. Um, so I sometimes I feel like my one struggles with this like desire, these, these things God puts on my heart. So I really feel like this comes from my relationship with God and just pursuing it. Mm. Um, the more I lean on him, the, um, I guess the, the easier it is to do it the next time. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And so I've seen him show up for me so much that the negative parts of my oneness mm-hmm. kind of go away when I just focus on, hey, the Lord has called me to weird things before and he showed up. So I'm going to just trust that it's going to happen again. It's so good. It's, so, it's like this tension of you being a one, but then mm-hmm. you having this, this ability to just jump into something new. And I'm sure, I'm sure it takes some figuring out with that. Yeah, it hurts sometimes. Yeah. Like, mentally it hurts yeah yeah mm-hmm. maria i feel like i can relate to you i'm not a one um on the enneagram but i feel like i can relate to you in the sense that you talk about you just kind of instantly know what god has for you and that yeah. you're willing to just jump and go um have you ever found that sometimes people can really misunderstand you because of that kind of uh maybe they would see it as haphazard trust in god but where you're more like hey i just know this is god yeah, you know, um, people think I'm a little crazy, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, in a in a funny way, I come from a family of believers. We grew up Catholic, um, so it's a little different. I have kind of stepped more – I've stepped into the, non, the non-denominational Christian um, sphere, you know, in my mid-20s. I took that leap, and it's been different for me. But my family – there's just a little bit more, like – are you sure like there's a path, there are some rules, there are things we should follow. Are you sure you're going to go do that? Um, so that's been a struggle. And then, um, you know, there are people, so my husband has a really cool story of, um, becoming a believer and he comes from a family who aren't necessarily not believers, but like they, they haven't all really accepted Christ in their life. And Mm. he comes from a Catholic Jewish background and, um, so sometimes when I feel things with my family and my kid, especially that I know the Lord's calling me to do, that doesn't really make sense. I do feel like I get a little pushback or a little bit like, what is that crazy woman doing? Trusting her daughter's health to, you know, prayer or, mm, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yes. So there are some weird things, um, with that, that come up that I think people think I'm a little bit nuts because, um, you know, shouldn't you be doing something? Yeah, trust, trust in God, but also take steps. And sometimes God's asking me to trust in him and not take a step, you know, which is yeah. very difficult for me as a doer. Mm. Um, but it's funny. Yeah, I do feel like I get called crazy a lot. Uh, but people always understand. And people have, I think by now, people are used to it because they too have seen what God's done yeah. in my life and my husband's life um, together. And I think that they're just like, Maybe it, hopefully at this point, I think that it's more encouraging to them to to trust in their own faith mm-hmm. rather than to think we're a little crazy. But I'm sure they'll always think we're a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think being a little crazy is a very good thing. I would yeah. way rather be crazy than boring. <laughs> Amen. I'm with you. I'm well, with and you. I love that too, what you talked about, just sometimes God calls us to trust him and be still, you know, be still and know that I am God. And sometimes we have to move. Sometimes we have to take a step and, but I, 
it takes it takes discernment. It takes seeking God's faith to say, what is it yeah. that I'm supposed to do in this moment? Am I am I to wait and be still, or am I to be like Abraham and go go to the place that you have called me to go? Right. Um, and that and you're right. Like the only way you can really distinguish that is by having that intimate relationship with the Lord and going, okay, this is what He's asking me to do in this circumstance. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think it too, it's about having other people around you who you who you know can pray for you and discern with you, having yeah. a group of solid people, um, having a husband who you know is also praying for similar things and discerning together, you know, too. Because so God won't speak one thing to me and then tell Matt to do the opposite. I know that about the Lord. Exactly. You know? He'll definitely keep us on the same page. He might not say the same things to us, but he definitely wouldn't put us at odds with each other too. So it's always a great way to like, you know, it's a gift to have a husband too who prays and has a relationship with the Lord because you can use that as a, as a way to um, build your faith even more, I think, too. So good. I love yeah. that. Okay, so tell yeah. us about Matt. Tell us how you guys met and what your relationship's like. <laughs> it's such a funny story. Okay. So um, I had the gift of being executive director of a nonprofit when I was 25, which happened way before my where I thought it would happen. Um, and then and jumping into that story, there's a whole other story about just you know, trusting the Lord. But anyway, so I'm, at, I'm in this program when I'm 25. I'm running it for about a year and a half at this point. And then um, I've been in a relationship with someone. I was living in Texas, but I was in a relationship with someone for three years at that time, almost. And uh, a great guy, good person, great family. Um, things just weren't progressing. And at that point, I was 26, and I had just kind of thought, you know, well, what you know, if we've been dating for three years. Um, my my goal in dating is to, is to get married. That's why I do it. I mm-hmm. don't just date to. I wasn't just dating to date at that point, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I felt something weird about it. I felt, and I felt God call me home to Missouri for a minute, for a break, mm-hmm. like a month long break. So I took this time to go home to Missouri. Um, the program I ran was a program for your um, high school and college students. It's in the summers. It's a youth leadership program, a program I grew up going to as a teenager. Hmm. So I felt very connected to it. Um, my siblings went to it. It was part of our life and our family. The guy who founded it is a, a huge mentor of mine. And so when he asked me to run it, it was like I, nothing could have been more perfect. I, the Lord had just designed me to do that role hmm. um, at that time, too. And, and how he had introduced me to that role, like, I feel like there were so many little things in my life that never made sense until I took that rule and I said, this is exactly why God had me do everything before. Hmm. You know, it just made perfect sense. And anyway, so um, I was having some tension in my relationship at the time and the program was in June. I moved home in May for a month to kind of give myself some time to have clarity away from the situation. I get there in June and we're having a, I, I had put on the roster a guest speaker, a for the program who was somebody who was around my age who used to also go to Eagle U was an entrepreneur. Um, the program's called Eagle U. He's an entrepreneur and he, um, kind of built his businesses based on all the principles that were taught to him as a teenager at Eagle U. And he was going to share with the kids, you know, how to go after this entrepreneurial route and how are, what are ways you can apply a lot of the stuff we learned in the summer program so that you can kind of create your own business or create your own path 
And so we get there, and I'm in work mode, like total work mode. I'm in a relationship. It's kind of struggling, but I'm super committed and focused on it. Um, and I meet this – I the first day, this guy approaches me. Um, he's like, hey, I'm here. He's one of the speakers, but he's going to come for the full week because he used to be one of the teenagers. Hmm. He's like, I want to experience the full program and just help you guys in any way I can. Hmm. I said, great. Um, I said, you're going to need a parking pass. Okay. I'll meet you in the parking lot. So I'd never met him before at this point. And, um, I go out to the parking lot to meet him, hand him his parking pass. He comes off as kind of an arrogant prick, like in all honesty. <laughs> I'm going to lie about it. He had like a Bluetooth in, he was driving a big truck. I was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> this guy is somebody else I'm going to have to manage this week. It's going to be great. Oh, um, that's awesome. So that was that. And so the, the setup of the week is all of the people who are my camp counselors are like in their early 20s. I'm about 26, so I'm about four or five years older than them. And then um, the students are all in high school and early college. And so like I'm, you know, kind of the older one. And then he's kind of he's like about a year older than me. And then we have um, the guy that founded the program who's in his 50s. And so um, it was just um, weird because. <laughs> You know, as a fr- we just kind of connected as friends. I'm like, well, we're the only people that are the same age. So throughout the week, we kind of connected as friends. I could tell uh, in the middle of the week that I'm like, I think this guy's like kind of into me or something. <laughs> so I need to be very careful about now being his friend. Yeah. Because I'm in a relationship and like it's not over. Yeah. Uh, I do want it to work, all that kind of stuff. And so the guy that founded the program was a mentor to both of us, though, since we were 15 and knew us <laughs> both very well. And apparently had thought that um, we would we would be a good match, Funny. if you will. And wasn't a huge fan of the relationship I was in, just given the fact that this person hadn't really shown a commitment to me. Hmm. Um, so fast forward to the end of the week, and all of course all the kids are like, you guys would be so great together just because, like, we're the only people the same age there together. I think, you know, <laughs> they were just so funny about it, and they just love it. And I'm just laughing in any way. I go home. I drive, I drive back to St. Louis after the program, and I'm just thinking about this guy the whole time, and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. This <laughs> is not good. I'm in a relationship. I mean, I'm a loyalist, to like, through and through. <sighs> And I just knew something was wrong in my relationship. So as soon as I got, you know, as soon as I could, within a week, I had, even if it wasn't this guy, right, I had to end things with my significant other because I felt like I just, I shouldn't be having, like, even those sorts of thoughts about somebody else if this is really the Mm. right thing for me. He wasn't committing, and it was just, like, a very weird thing. And so I had actually had – so my significant other had, in the meantime, the month, had moved back home to Atlanta for him from Texas. And I was going to move to Atlanta if we were to get married. And I find out – so the guy that I met, Matt, at the program, he lived in Atlanta, which is so funny. funny. And I had this flight booked for a wedding I was supposed to go to with my significant other. And I could – I got it on Expedia. I couldn't get it – you know, couldn't cancel it, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, I've never been to Atlanta. Maybe I should go and just have, you know, have fun, like see the city, meet new people. I don't know what I'll do. So I told Matt, I'm like, hey, I'm going to Atlanta. You're one of the only people I know there, you know. And so um, God's so funny. because like that whole relationship and trip was designed so that I could have that time with him alone where we were away from Eagle U and the youth program and we got a chance to just like connect and mm. we never looked away from each other since then. 
Wow. Uh, we got engaged 10 months later. And <laughs> the funny part is, um, I left this out, but my husband, eight weeks before I met him, was engaged to somebody else. Wow. She left him. Um, he found out that she cheated on him, and then she left him, and he was heartbroken. And he had just found um, – he had just started a relationship with Jesus six months before I met him. Wow. And the God is just so good because him and I should have met a million times. I actually end up knowing his siblings. Oh, funny. Um, mm. And his brother-in-law and all these different people from the program growing up. He's the only one I hadn't really met. Well, there are some of his brothers, but like they, it was so funny because had we met at any other time in life, it just would not work mm. for us. Yeah. Who we both were at different at those times in our lives just would not have connected. Mm. Um, and God was just working something so cool in our lives that it was just beautiful to see. But um, we dated long distance, and I said I would never do that. It's just funny how God shows up in these things we say we ne- we'd never do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said I could never. I'm too. I'm a physical touch, mm. quality time person. That just won't work for me. <laughs> um, you know, I need to be near somebody physically. And it was funny how it worked. And we had this great couple in our life who just poured into us. And once a month we met with them and it, it, it basically turned into premarital counseling. Hmm. And that's the person who introduced my husband to Jesus and um, he ended up marrying us. Wow. So it's just a crazy, he was actually on our first date. Oh <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> it was him and us. So how long so have funny. How and long have so you all been married now? It's just like this crazy story that everything could fit together so beautifully. But it was one of those things where people thought I was crazy. Yeah. Um, my parents especially, and I mm. love them now. I tease them about it because they, they laugh. But they were like, don't you dare go to Atlanta. Like, you, this is not a good idea. <laughs> um, definitely don't meet up with that boy. You know, like, yeah, boy. things like that. And I was just like, I just feel like I'm supposed to. I feel like I'm supposed to. Mm. And it's been one, it's part of our story because we were both told that it was too much too soon. For both of us. Wow. And, and you know what? To be honest with you, my friends asked me, and they were my shoes. I would have told them, absolutely do not do that. Hmm. You are you are wounded. He's probably wounded. Like, this does not sound like a good idea. Um, but that's, you know, that's the glory of God, I think. Wow. Is he just shows up in these messes. And hmm. he just does great stuff in the mess. And it's beautiful. And I've learned to just even counsel my friends differently because of my own story mm-hmm. where I'm cautious with them if there are red flags, but I also take time to pray and discern like, Hey Lord, maybe you have something extraordinary for them in that mess, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to deter them from stepping into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so give me discernment that I can share with them for, for those things. Because the way I used to give advice to friends has just dramatically changed because of my own story. Wow. Hmm. So you pretty much just told my story. <laughs> no way. Yeah, no. very similar, very similar uh, account. So yeah, so we're the same person, and we've never met. I love it. <laughs> I love it. How long have you and Matt been married? This will be three years in February. Oh, that's awesome. I know we're still babies. We're still married babies. Oh, <laughs> that's so married, fun. Okay. Married babies having babies. No so kidding. We're still learning. Oh, so fun. I love it. I love it. So tell us about your life dates because that's something that um, I got to hear a little bit about, but and I've seen you post about it quite a bit on Instagram. But I think it's such a fun concept, and I think that so many couples could really um, learn from this, and it would really help their marriages. Yeah, absolutely. So. Life date has been a blessing. So we actually started doing this when we were dating. Um, 
So we, and we do one once a month. It started as an idea my husband had after, well, he wasn't my husband at the time, an idea Matt had after reading some sort of entrepreneurial blog about how difficult it is for entrepreneurial marriages, relationships, because there's just a lot of stress in them Mm -hmm. um, and lots of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. So how do you kind of be proactive about communication and about emotion and about dealing with stuff? Um, so this guy had like kind of proposed like a monthly thing and he had his own little format for it. We've kind of changed it up quite a bit and kind of made it our own. And then we've been doing it this way ever since. And what we do is once a month we schedule, so it's, it's scheduled on my calendar for like years to come. So we do the first Tuesday of every month and we always challenge people to kind of pick the day that works for you, you know, whatever it is. Uh, we do the first Tuesday evening of every month. And we go and we have a reservation at a restaurant. Um, for one year, we did the same restaurant for the whole year, which that was kind of fun. That's fun. Lately, we've been bouncing around. Um, we've kind of tried different things like that. But what we do is leading up to the date, we each buy each other a gift. And a gift can be like, it's been from the dollar store before. It's <laughs> been like a new pair of shoes. It's been... Uh, some new hobby somebody wanted to try. It's been like I, my husband gave me a, one, gave me a car on my on a life date once, even though I knew I was getting it. No <laughs> wonder like, you like life dates. Like, I had my same car since I was sixteen, and so it was kind of a <laughs> funny little thing. But he, um, so there's just different things. It's a way to think about the person throughout the month, where you're like, you find something fun or funny or um, you know emotional for that person, and then you find a card. We write a handwritten card. I love shopping for greeting cards. It's like one of my favorite things. And we make the reservation and it's kind of this big to do each month. We get a babysitter and we go out to a restaurant and we don't put any time limit on it or any rules. Like we have to have the waitress ask us like, do you want something to drink? Do you want an appetizer? Do you want an order? Do you want the check? We have to like draw it out. <laughs> but the meat of it really is this, series of we've developed questions that work for us that we challenge people to just really kind of bring to the table um your emotions over the last 30 days about life in different arenas and then where you feel like you want to go emotionally um in the next 30 days or what you're looking forward to or what you're kind of planning for um as as an individual and then as a couple or a family so for us we we kind of always bring everything to like these four areas of life, our, our spiritual, our social, our social, emotional, or we call it relational, professional, and then physical. Mm-hmm. And we kind of talk about things in there. Like, okay, so physically, how was your last 30 days? Um, well, you know, what were some of the highs and lows? How are you feeling about it? You know, professionally, relationally, and spiritually kind of, where are you at? And we give each other time to, to talk through that individually. Um, and we ask each other things, you know, if there's been issues over the past 30 days that we've kind of, not felt like we wanted to bring up in the moment because it wasn't really right in the moment. We kind of hold on to them sometimes until this life date and we, and we have a chance to talk about them then. Hmm. And we call it the no fixing zone where, Hey, I'm going to share something with you, Matt. And I, and I just need to tell it to you. Hmm. I don't want you to fix it, but I need to share this with you. And sometimes it's things I'm going through emotionally. Uh, I have a, I have a past with eating disorders 
And sometimes some things like that will pop up for me. And so I will just say, hey, I just have something that's crazy emotional that I'm just going to share with you. And I don't want you to try to come up with a solution for it, but I need you just to know where my head's at. Wow. And um, it gives, and there was no, there was no real good time to say this in the moment of the month, but I just kind of, you know, say, okay, I just want to share this with you. So you know where I'm at. So, you know, that kind of thing. Or like, you know, he might say, you know, Hey, there was one thing that you said to me that really kind of annoyed me or made me feel weird, but I never really was angry enough to talk about it, but I don't want it to happen again. Hmm. So I'm going to say it now. I don't need you to fix it or explain it or anything, but just so you know, Wow. You know, just small things like that. We've had tears. Yeah. You know, we've had laughter. We mostly have laughter. But we have <laughs> had some moments of tears. We've struggled through talking about adoption. Um, you know, the Lord is crazy. We miscarried on a life dinner date day. Wow. And it literally saved our marriage that we had that plan for that night. Hmm. Because it was just a, a struggle for me. Um, we found out we were pregnant with my daughter on another life dinner date. Wow. Um, we found out about... Um, my father's cancer and um, and his little brother's cancer right by a life dinner date. It mm. happened around the same time. And just like the Lord is so good to us with this. We've been obedient and walking in this journey of life date. Mm. And we really make time for it every month that we just find that it always happens at the, the time we need it. Mm. Even though it's the same time each month. Yeah. It's like always this gift to us that keeps on giving. And the conversation is so good. And, um, I have a whole little format for it that I share with friends that ask me, Hey, you know, we're just trying to get started. Do you have like, Oh, like a little question and answer thing or like, you know, table topics or something. And I have all that stuff. I always share it with people. Hmm. Um, I have a friend that I just met who, um, was struggling in her marriage with something big and they've been married for 10 years and they had their first one. And she said it was, um, and it is a hard season for them. Mm-hmm. And she said she saved up for it so that it would be special so they could go to a nice restaurant and do the gifts and all the things. And she said it literally felt like it was um, a lifesaver for her marriage to have that wow. special space mm-hmm. to have this conversation because they just hadn't been, um, they hadn't been able to have, I guess, fun together like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's definitely, I've seen in sharing it with people, I hesitated to share it because I felt like, hey, this works for us. I don't know if it's something people... But the more and more people who know us, like if somebody's in town, we have them come with us <laughs> sometimes. And that's been really fun. And those people have gone to their to their back home and done it with their husband or their mm-hmm. wife. Or, you know, we have young people in our lives who have done it with their best friend, mm-hmm. um, who they do with their best friend every month, you know, because that's their person. Yeah. Right now, we have people who have had troubled relationships with children or with their parent, and they've decided that, that that's somebody they want to do it with. Mm-hmm. And somebody they want to commit to. We just think anyone you want to build this committed relationship with in your life, it's such a beautiful, life-giving thing to say, I, I want to commit to just spending this time with you each month mm-hmm. and just knowing about your life and how you're feeling about it in all these different ways. And then just being there as a sounding board for for you to process where you want to go in the next 30 days and what I can pray for you on in the next 30 days, what the Lord has kind of like shown you um, or given you as sort of an image or a prophetic message for the next 30 days. And it's just been a beautiful thing to, to see people start doing it. And um, the more we share it, which was awkward for me at first, yeah. Um, the more I hear stories of people who have just gotten life back in a relationship. So it just makes me want to keep on sharing it and doing it. And there are times when it's not ideal, but we just try to stay committed to the process. To doing it anyway, yeah. And I love that yeah. it sounds like it is really – it's this expectation of a safe place, right? Yes. 
Yeah. Because I think so often we might, you know, ha- try to have those conversations, but one or the other person is not expecting it and then they're taken off guard and yeah. they feel attacked. But if you know going in, like there might be some things that are hard that I need to hear, that I'm going to hear from my spouse and you're prepared for it. It's such a healthy way to do that instead of just dropping it on them. Yeah, no, you're right. I think too, I'm very reactionary. So I'm like, I, and I'm, I'm not good at receiving criticism and feedback. And that's part of my oneness is like, then I think things aren't perfect and then I failed and then <laughs> life is over, right? So, but if I know there's a space and time where I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to receive, I process it like a mature adult. Yes. <laughs> In my normal life, I might not do that. Yeah. So it gives me a space to just, to, to think on it. Like you just said, I think that's totally, totally one of the benefits of it. That's awesome. Okay, so the other thing I really am excited to talk to you about is you and your husband um, have Life Pulse Inc., right? Did you yes, start this together? Did. Pardon? Did you start we, this together? So we did. We started when we were dating, which is absolutely neurotic. Okay, so um, tell us about this. But so us to do. Uh, <laughs> he is an entrepreneur at heart, just at, by nature. You know, he has never worked for anybody but himself. Um, he started DJing when he was in, like, 14. Hmm. He used that to pay his way through high school and college. And then out of college, he started a business with a mentor. Um, and that business he still runs to this day. Hmm. Uh, it's a sales company. And then we, so we figured out, like, we had been doing all this crazy stuff. And, um, he had been doing his company for a long time. And I had been running a nonprofit on my own as the sole employee and the executive director and, uh, I had done some other work before that, and we're just like, how do we, you know, but yet we always made time for relationships and friends and um, just really connecting with the Lord, and, and people were like, how do you guys do, not that you need to be doing it all, but how do you stay peaceful in this, like, seeming chaos, because it's chaos, mm-hmm. um, but it felt, always feels good, and even when it's not good, it feels, it feels okay, and it, we kind of tried to put our system together, and that system turned into us, you know, sharing how we plan our week and how we plan our week based on our year and how we plan the year based on what we feel like the Lord's calling us to. And we shared that with some of our friends. Well, a lot of our friends run companies because um, Matt's in that entrepreneurial space. And so then they shared that with their employees. And, and we started seeing some big traction and changes in people's profits and their revenue and, and how their employees were happier and um, felt more fulfilled and loyal and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, well, this is a my husband saying like, this is a business, you know, <laughs> he goes, you know, when people start asking him how they can do it, he starts like, Oh, people are interested. We should create a business out of it. <laughs> so we feel like it, and it's just funny. Cause you know, um, I, I always tease God. I say, Oh, I have the gift of administration. Thank you. <laughs> um, can I have a sexier gift? Like, <laughs> come on. I'm really good at details. That could be part of my perfectionist, um, oneness, but like, I just really see things. Um, but I'm, I've always been scared to start anything because I'm great at taking other people's dreams and being the person to make them happen. Mm. Um, my husband's really good at being the entrepreneur dreamer and just going, he mm. goes messy. He goes early, you mm. know, like we, like we talked about at camp. Well, go, go ugly, go early. Yeah. It's like, he's so good at that. He is so good at that. And I am like, oh my god, there's 25 things spelled wrong. Uh, this website is hideous. We can't we can't launch this until it's perfect. <laughs> so we, I had to learn how to just go. And together, the Lord has kind of like 
he's taught Matt how to be more um, reflective, and he's taught me how to just go early, go ugly, things that don't really relate to, like, what my natural instinct would be to do. Mm. So we started it together just kind of based on um, our own life, what we were doing, and then what we shared with people, and then they started getting results, and then we put this um, whole training program together. Um, My husband is the primary trainer, so he goes around the country He's actually in D.C. right now doing this. He goes around the country training different teams and organizations on um, how, essentially, it's it's the it's how to really treat your employees like human beings, because they are. Um, but it's where professional development meets personal development. It's this idea that you have, a, you have humans working for you. How can you make them feel more connected um, to what they're doing in your office based on who they really are and what they really want out of their life? Do you know what I mean? Wow. So how do we connect their personal purpose to what it is they're doing here at your office? Because they, they, they should be a way to do that, you know? That's that's um, so good because I think don't we just put put it put people or put jobs in different boxes instead yeah. of recognizing that like these are these people that I work with, they're human beings and they have lives and feelings and emotions and all of these things that I need to understand. Totally. No, I'm with you. And so the cool part is like I mean, imagine if you're if you're, you know, a manager of a team and you've got this one employee who just always feels like you feel like they're never paying attention or they're always off or they're always not turning things in like right on time and they feel scatterbrained, but then you ask them next week, okay, what's your word of the week? And they say like my like their sister's name. And you're like, what? And you find out their sister's sick. And you find out that they're the sole provider for their sister or the caretaker of their sister. And then you find out. So then you start, like, the little structure we give them to do weekly together as a team helps them to really see each other as humans and say, okay, whoa, I see you now in light of who you are. So it's easier for me to work with you and help you almost excel in what it is you're dealing with personally so that we as a team professionally can achieve what we need to, but also so I can care for you as a person, you know, um, just bringing that humanity back to the workplace has just been a real gift for us to be able to do. And I think a lot of people want to do it. I think there's a lot of businesses that want to do that. They just don't know how yet. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's so important. Um, I love that you're kind of pointing out the importance of seeing people, mm-hmm. yeah, of yeah. giving people the opportunity to to be real, to not just be a number, you know, in a company who just day in and day out, ordinary life gets in the way of seeing what is extraordinary about the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's so important. Okay. Um, yeah, I love the way you just said that. That's beautiful. Yeah, Maria, it's about it's about taking the ordinary workplace and just finding the extraordinary people within it, which is mm-hmm. everybody, right? Mm-hmm. In some capacity, if you can see them in their own extraordinary light, mm-hmm. yeah, then it gives it gives every, it just makes it easier to understand each other and to not get frustrated and to really do better work for whatever you know whatever it is your organization's mission is. Wow, um, together too, and we do. We feel like everybody has a unique purpose, and everybody has. Um, special gifting from the Lord. And like, if we can really tap into that, imagine what this world could be if we could all really live from that. No kidding. Wow. So do you guys, you travel all over, right? And teach this? Yeah. So we do a lot of corporate teams, um, small businesses, startups, and then professional organizations, things like that. I am not the primary teacher. Um, My gifting is more in the structural organizational. Mm -hmm. So I am the ex-executive director, MBA, 
like give me details, give me spreadsheets, <laughs> give me that kind of stuff. I'm learning. This is where God's calling me, right? Obedience over outcome. Hmm. As our good friend Jen Jet says, um, the Lord has called me recently to in the last year and a half to start speaking more, hmm. um, sharing more in light of my relationship with him and this content. So my husband talks more corporately mm-hmm. and while his beliefs are entirely the same as mine, he goes into many organizations and, and, and it's, it's not really necessarily talked about in the way that um, like I had a chance to at Camp Well, for example, right. where I really feel like our daily walk is a proclamation of victory, mm-hmm. um, our victory with the Lord that we yeah. that He's already proclaimed, and we get a chance to walk in that daily. Mm-hmm. And how can we do that? Okay, here's a structure that allows you to really look at your life long term, and then say, okay, God's calling me to this thing long term. If I just take these little baby steps every day, um, I get a chance to walk in victory with Him because I'm walking into what He's called me to. It's beautiful, and no day is a failure. Then it's just a chance and an opportunity to just be with the Lord and to walk into what he's called us to walk into. Mm. So I get a chance to talk more on that, mm. um, which isn't really our corporate angle, but so I get it. So I'm doing the corporate logistics and administration and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, mm. My husband's speaking on that, but my heart calls me to speak on what we're doing in light of Jesus Christ and the gospel directly. Mm. So um, we're seeing kind of this other little arm and branch kind of pop out where, um, we're getting to share that message through me um, in that way too. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a fun new little angle. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see where the Lord takes it. I've just been kind of obedient in sharing it at the different places he's called me to share it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been taking a little break, you know, with three weeks to go in the pregnancy. Um, <laughs> I'm interested to see where he goes with it though yeah. afterwards because I know that he's very um, – mm-hmm. I've got a couple words from some friends and some people who didn't know me who said, you know, you're supposed to be speaking and they don't even know my story. They don't know my business. And it's been interesting because I'm like, oh my God, speaking gives me anxiety, stresses me out. Like I talk really fast. Like, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to do all this. And my husband's a natural. Um, so it's been funny that I feel like God's just like, I didn't ask you to do it good. I just asked you to do it, you know? Um, he just asked me to walk in it and he'll do it for me. I think it's just a new, new journey in trusting him. So we'll see what happens. Okay. So the thing I think is so interesting is the fact that you and your husband, it sounds like you guys have a fair amount of opposites. Um, very much so. But I love that. I think a lot of times in relationships, once you've been married a while, people start to resent the fact that they're opposite from their spouse instead Mm -hmm. of realizing that that's actually a really positive thing and that that's a great thing. Um, And then the second thing I think is so important for listeners to pick up on of what you're just saying, Maria, is that you guys, this is a business for you, but you understand that no matter where you're at, it is always about Jesus and it's got to be. So if this, if there is a businessman listening right now, feeling like, man, he feels called to be quote unquote in ministry, but he's in corporate America like, don't let that offset you because you are in ministry. If you're in front of a person, you're in ministry. You yes. Know? If yes. your heart is beating, you're in ministry. Um, and I think that's so important. And I love that so much because it always is about seeing people as this is an opportunity to be Jesus in front of this person, even if you don't get to speak his name in front of them. You know, even if you're in a corporate setting and you're talking business, you can still be the light of Jesus in just your demeanor. God, you're, that's so good. That's so good. That's perfect. 
it, it just resonates so well with me. I think my husband is so good at that too, because being someone who didn't become a believer till he was twenty seven, he see it was harder for me to to see that to see what you just said. Yeah, because I grew up in the faith. Yeah, but for him, he said, uh uh-uh, uh, like I have been around non believers my whole life. Yeah, I'm probably he's probably one of the only you know believers. Um, in his, you know, that from where he grew up or whatever, in his group of friends and that kind of thing. And, and especially in corporate America, he always feels like there's at least one person in the room that he eventually gets to share the gospel with after he speaks, whether it's like lunch or it's a com- random conversation. Yeah. Uh, and we pray for the people that he speaks to beforehand. So you don't have, you're so right. If you're speaking, you're in ministry mm-hmm. and you might not say exactly you know, you might not be quoting the Bible to somebody on mm-hmm. when you're on stage speaking, yeah. But you're bringing the truth of Jesus through the way you live your life and what you do share. Yeah, absolutely. And you might have these these small opportunities in the room later to to really connect with people on that on that basis. And the Lord will give you those people. He'll He'll bring them to you if He needs you. You know, if He needs you to be the vessel, He'll put them in front of you. Um. So he, my, my husband's been really good at like helping me see that because he's so good at ministering to non-believers atheists like that's his cup of tea hmm. i am so that terrifies me a lot you mm-hmm. know because i'm like they're gonna ask me so many questions that i'm not gonna have good enough answers for them hmm. you know i don't know you know i can't i can't talk with you know, I, I don't know how to have that conversation and he comes from a different background so he has this beautiful way of sharing i think that we're all equipped to do ministry just in different ways to different yeah. people um but yeah, gosh, you're so right. That's mm. I love your interpretation of that. That was so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So one of the things that you did at Camp Well was you led out all of us through some goal setting. And um, I know you're really passionate about that. But I, I want to ask this question. What do you say to someone who feels very stuck in their life? We come across this all the time. Heidi and I are part of a leadership team that leads a, ch- a church here in our area. And one of the things that we hear constantly is that people feel stuck. They don't feel yeah. like they are following their dreams. They don't even know where to start. They don't know how to set goals. What do you say to that person? Okay, so I sometimes think pe- people don't really, I don't know. I've had some people not like this answer, but I'm going to share it anyway because I feel like it's tr- the truth, maybe. Good, go uh, for it. We like truth. <laughs> I always say to, if you're struggling with setting goals or seeing the bigger picture or, you know, in, in that arena, there's maybe a relational issue somewhere yeah not necessarily with another human being it could be with your with your father Mm. in heaven and it's like are you fully developing that relationship first or are you trying to jump to the goal and figuring out this big picture before spending time in relationship with the lord and really kind of working on that first yeah if that Mm. makes sense a lot of times I found a lot of people that struggle the most with the goal setting, the big vision, the prophetic message, any of that kind of stuff are people who want to see that first before they have a relationship with their father. Wow. If that makes sense. Perfect. So like they're wanting the confirmation before they put time in with the relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's like the Lord says, I just want you to be with me. I will show you the way. Yeah. You know, but I want you to be with me first yeah. Yeah. and spend time in that. And I, and to me, I would say if they're struggling to really kind of commit to, to just being with him 
relationally. It doesn't have to be like you're going to do a Bible study every single day at this time and yada, yada. I I think he just wants you to rest in him Mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to sit on my porch without a book, um, without a podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. no no offense. Podcasts are great. Without a podcast, without anything, I'm going to talk to my father. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to see what he has to say. And I'm going to, it's going to be a conversation. Yeah. I'm not just going to spew things at him. I'm going to then listen mm. to what he has to say back to me. And I do feel like the Lord delivers when we are faithful and when we are obedient, he delivers. And I think that over time, if, if you're struggling with the goal setting thing, and then you take the time to spend with him, he will show you where to go. Mm. He really will. Oh, Maria, girl, you're no, that's so good. And I'm so glad you said that because it would be so easy to just give an answer about what it looks like to set a goal and go for that goal. But then you get to the end of that. And if you don't have that relationship with your heavenly father, it doesn't matter. Like the Mm. end goal is still not going to be the reward. Right. 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 You know, that's why I struggle sometimes with I think that's what kept me from speaking for a while was like, I can't talk about goal setting if I, if I'm not sure if people have a relationship with heavenly father, because I feel like ultimately it will all fall apart if it's not from him. Yes. Yeah. And so it's so difficult for me in a world where goal setting is so hot right now, seeing all of this stuff and the jargon and the books and the, you know, all the stuff that's come out, especially geared towards women in the, in the secular world, these books. And it's like, Yes, but Jesus, like yes. because yes, yes, yes. If, if it's not coming from Him, my goals are always going to fall apart, right? And I'm always going to need another book, another guru, another strategy, another whatever to then pick up and then follow for another five years until that falls apart. Yeah. And then I'm going to need somebody else. And it's like, but if if we have Jesus, if we have our Heavenly Father, if we if we focus on those relationships and we live based on what it is that they've said about who we are Mm -hmm. goals can work for us and they can be peaceful and they can be life-giving and grace-giving and all of these things but if not we're going to be jumping from book to book to guru to guru Mm. to whatever that you know conference to conference trying to fill our cup with what's going to fix my goal issue this year do you know what I mean Mm. yes that's so good I just had recently um Uh, Over the last six months, this prophetic word that was spoken over me by some other people, but then also God just put in my heart. And it was this whole idea of encouraging my husband in this next season that he's coming into that's, it's kind of a new season and some changes and things like that. And I've always been his encourager, but it it almost felt like it was this new um, uh, mantle that was put on me by the Lord. And to be honest with you, I kind of wanted the checklist of like, okay, but how do I do that? What does that look like? And, Mm. and, you know, like trying to figure out what are those goals? What is the end goal for this? And I didn't have clear answers. And so a couple of months ago, I began to pray and ask, just ask the Lord, you know, meet with him about it and say, Lord, how do I do this uh, in a way that really truly encourages him in you and not just words, you know, not just fluff. And um, I began asking the Lord to show that to me. And honestly, just this past week, he began to give me dreams for my husband. The Lord did. And he he was telling me things in my dreams. And it happened this past week. And I, I'm in, my, in the middle of my dream. And I feel the Lord tell me this thing. And it's some advice and encouragement for my husband. And I remember in my dream thinking, I'm not going to remember this in the morning. And I instantly woke up. 
And, oh, wow. but like the Lord woke me up so that I was able to write it down. I actually texted it to my husband in the middle of the night and I, you know, and I'm thinking, I hope this comes he, right he's, out. In he's the laying text. in bed next to you. He's you're like, texting yeah, him. He's laying in bed next to <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. But what was so encouraging to me was that because I had spent time asking the Lord, how do I, how do I live this out? He Uh began to show me. He began to give me very, very specific answers that I was then able to pass on to my husband. And this was just this morning. And I I texted him and we talked about it a little bit at work. And he was like, you have no idea how much, how important that was for me to hear from you this Mm. morning. I'm like, well, that was the Lord. I was just obedient. Yeah. But it's because I spent time asking the Lord, how do I walk this out in my life? And I I think that's just so important. I love what you said. Yeah, that's beautiful though, and and that's so true. We like, I forget what what the quote exactly is, but I remember once is an Andy Stanleyism about like we never know what hangs in the balance of our decision to be faithful when mm. everything else says not to be. That's right. And it's like the world is telling us with the goals and with the let me have a plan, let me have just like you said, I want a checklist, I want these things, but like. What hung in the balance is now, like, not only did you get this prophetic message for your husband, but now your husband's um, confidence in your discernment has grown, and that's only going to increase your ministry together. Mm-hmm. And both of you guys and your and your influence on the world, it's, it's in through, by glorifying God, it's just a beautiful way of, like, we never know the bigness that hangs in our balance to just be faithful in these small things, especially when it comes to goals and just being with him and trusting him for those mm-hmm. rather than the world for it. That's so cool. I love that story. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think the thing I loved about it the most is you're right about the strengthening your marriage and your ministry together because the Lord had actually already spoke that to my husband. But oh, then wow. my word that I received, and I didn't know really, didn't really know this about him, was that so my word was confirmation, you know, and that's how the Lord does it. He'll tell us something, but then he'll confirm it through someone else. And so for both of us, it was such a faith building mm-hmm. and marriage building moment. That's awesome. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, you're right about the confirmation too. And you never, he would never would have had that had you not been obedient to that. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, I love yeah. you, Marie, at the beginning said that, uh, you know, God's not going to tell you something that he's not telling your husband. Mm. Right. So I just yes. think that's, and y'all did not plan that, you know, that's, that wasn't on the notes. So I just think it's so cool. <laughs> Someone's supposed to hear that today. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you've got to be pressing into the heartbeat of Jesus if you are expecting your life to go the way you're hoping it's going to go, you know, if, and it may not, it may not go the way you think it will, but it's going to go the way God intends for it to go. Mm-hmm. And you get to choose whether you want to be on that journey or not. And so, um, and I just think that's for someone to to think about if you're in a marriage relationship, um, trust that God is speaking to both of you. If you both love Jesus, yeah. trust that God's speaking to you and, and then follow whatever he's saying, follow. Yeah. So good. Okay, so you are getting ready to have a baby here in like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope three minutes. <laughs> are you at all nervous about what it looks like? So you're already a mama, but are you at all nervous about what it looks like to be a CEO of a company and then a mama of two littles? Yes, I am extremely nervous about it. Yeah. So how I have are you faith handling in that? The Lord for it. Yeah. Of course. Uh, well, and then this goes to the whole obedience thing, and um, two is that you know. He said, he says for me to do, you know, I, I pray about it constantly and have my husband and others pray about it. He says for me to remain in the business the way I am. He says to have this baby, yeah. there's going to be a provision, right? Yes. It's like, there's going to be something there. But at the same time, in the reality of things, yeah, like it's, 
you know, my little one, Natalie, because of her struggles physically, she's in a school where she gets PT and, and um, speech therapy every day. So mm-hmm. we have time to work as well, which is kind of crazy provision because sometimes the Lord provides for your kids through other people. And I had to come to that realization that Mm, mama doesn't have the physical answers to this one. Mm. And God showed up and showed me the right people and it was beautiful. So I've had this little time every day, a little bit of time every day to kind of do my work, you know, peacefully. And um, now with a newborn, that's not going to be the case. So I'm (laughs) wondering how he's going to provide for us in that season. Um, But trusting it, I am nervous. I'm really nervous about it because I think that like, I like to have a plan, even though I trust him. I like this. So I go back and forth on the tension of that. Um, But, you know, I think it's just, I have to keep trusting him because he has not failed me yet. Yes. I remind yeah. myself of that constantly. Like That's right. there is not a season he has brought me to that I haven't worried about mm-hmm. that he hasn't, but then I end up trusting him that he has never let me down. There yeah. has never been a time when he's let me down yeah. and I don't think he's going to start now. Right. That's mm. like the song goes like he's, he's not going to start that now. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So just a little advice for you as an Enneagram one, because I know this <laughs> might be hard, but Give it to me. you know, just uh, this has probably been the thing that I've learned the most as a mom over the last 12 years. Things don't have to be perfect to be awesome. Oh, so good. And like you, you know, it, it won't be perfect with two kids. It'll be messy. It'll be hard. You know, there'll, there'll be times when you feel like everything's out of control, but it can be so much fun and it is okay if things aren't perfect. So that's that's my advice to you in this new I'm season. Right, I'm literally typing that right now on my, on my computer. I'm like, okay, I need to hold on to that. Yes. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. No, you're right. Because I just, we think, like, as myself, I think, like, if it's not perfect, it's not great. And if it's not great, it's not awesome. But awe, the word awe, that whole idea of, like, what awe really means. Mm. Is I, does it mean, perfection is nowhere in that definition, right? Mm, right. That's something that's awe-inspiring or awesome and, Oh, yeah. I needed that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanksgiving. You're, you're welcome. Well, I also think whether you're a mama of new littles or if you're a man in a busy business and you're feeling weak, you're feeling inadequate, like cling to God's word where mm-hmm. it says, hey, my strength works best in your weakness mm-hmm. and know that he is a God that doesn't speak and then forget to deliver. He He says and he does. And so um, really lean into that, you know, trust him okay. and... Um, he, his timing is beautiful. And so mm-hmm. I think often it's the journey that we're supposed to learn in that we sometimes want to miss, mm-hmm. want to skip because it's not perfect and it's not beautiful, but it's so purposeful. So, so good. well, Maria, it has been such a great, fun conversation with you. Um, you're awesome. You are so beautiful and awesome. And I'm, I'm excited we got to connect with you. Thank you for joining us. Well, you guys are so sweet. I, I had such a fun time. Thank you for helping me process through some of the things in my life because you just shared so much wisdom with me too over this hour. So I appreciate it. And I, we are discerning a move back to St. Louis. So we'll be very close to y'all if so. So I'm excited. Yay. Well, I'm coming to visit. But, if you, if, if that happens, I'm coming down so I can okay, hug your neck. Let's hang out. <laughs> okay. Hey, you hang on the line for just a second. We're going to finish up here and then we'll, we'll close out with you. Okay. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. Hi. I loved chatting with her. That was fun. Yeah, she's just somebody that instantly I knew she was just yeah. going to be somebody I would, could connect with. And I know all of our listeners are going to hear yeah. um, some nuggets and some wisdom for, yeah. from her. Yeah, she's like, you know, the 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 combination of sweet and spicy. It's always good. Mm-hmm. She's good. She's sweet and yep. spicy. 
So I love that. Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in with us. We hope that this encouraged you. We would love if you would hop over to iTunes, leave us some feedback. Um, Would you rate this podcast? Because then it helps other people be able to find it. It will start to pop up on their feed and it may, you know, maybe someone needs Maria's encouragement today. Mm -hmm. Maybe they need her word today. And as you leave that review, it's going to show up in their show, or maybe you're supposed to share it with them. Please do that so that this word can go out to them and they can be a part of the H&H Hour. So thanks for joining us. We'll chat with you next time.